0: Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz and this is Ascension Presents. So, um, there's this scripture passage that I think, I wonder, if it didn't make any sense for most Christians for like a really long time. I think for the first Christians it made complete sense and then for maybe a long time it didn't make as much sense, at least in, until relatively recent history. And it comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, beginning with verse 34. It's Jesus speaking, and he says, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth. I have come not to to bring not peace, but the sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's enemies will be those of his own household. And I've been thinking about this because I think I wonder if if for years in Christianity, um, in Christendom, that wasn't really a thing. I wonder, I wonder if they heard it, if you would hear this gospel preached or proclaimed in on Sunday Mass, and be like, oh yeah, I may mean, I guess. Not really. I mean, we're all Catholic. Because I think that for a long time, there could be cultural Catholicism, right? Or even cultural Christianity, where uh, those who are inside the faith, those who are in the Church, and those who are outside the Church, are kind of, we're all looking more or less the same. At least, you know, when it comes to Christendom, when it comes to um, the fact that Christianity had positively influenced so many areas of culture that it was like, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. So, for example, um, that marriage is for life and between one man and one woman, that f- our culture had been shaped by that and so inside the church, outside the church, kind of looks the same, right? Because the culture is supporting what the church would be proposing. Um, when it comes to the human being, all human beings have, having dignity, uh, from conception to death, uh to natural death, that sense of like the culture around Christianity had been so shaped by Christianity that the culture then became the support of the church inside. But I think we've entered into a new era and it's been coming for a long time, obviously, but this new era is one where we know what Jesus meant when he said, I have not come to bring peace but the sword, meaning Jesus is the cause of division that there will be father against son and daughter against mother and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law and that one's enemies will be from their own household. Because I imagine this is what you've found probably in your life, that ever since Christianity, ever since being a Catholic, ceased being a cultural thing. I mean, it was never meant to be a cultural thing, right? It's, we're always meant to have to have to actively choose and place our faith in Jesus not just something like you know I'm Catholic just like I'm Irish or whatever but like no I chose Christ at some point once that became very clear and now we have you know with the rise of of you know those who are irreligious or those who are uh, they don't have any religious affiliation what we realize more and more and more is that you and I have to make the decision to be disciples of Jesus it's not something we're born into it's not something we're just that to what I was how I was I was That's how I was raised and that's what I do. It's, I have to choose him because the culture around me is not choosing him. I have to choose him because the culture around me is not the same as the culture of those who follow Christ. And we live in a world right now where those divisions, that division between the church and the world, is in some areas um, almost unmistakable, right? And so you have families. That it's not just, oh, my child no longer practices the faith or, or, yeah, my mom doesn't, she doesn't really believe, she goes to Sunday Mass or whatever, but we're not really united. Where there are these cultural issues right now surrounding us. Is marriage between one man and one woman? Is marriage for life? Does life begin at conception and does it have inviolable worth all the way up until natural death? Well, our culture around us is saying that if you think that marriage is between one man and one woman, then you're ignorant or you hate. If you think that a marriage is for life, then you're naive or or worse. If you think that life begins at conception and has an inviolable dignity until natural death, then you don't care about people who might be stuck in a situation like this and you're the problem. And they have this division not only from culture around us and those the people in the church, but you have this division in families. You have this division amongst those who would otherwise be great friends, but these points of division become points where it's like, what do we do here? And Jesus, true to his word in Matthew's Gospel, is a cause of division. Because to choose him means I have to live differently. And that might even mean I have to live differently than my parents. I have have to live differently and choose and and believe things that are different than my siblings. And actually our family, now we find our family is actually divided. And so Thanksgiving is awful and other, uh, like Fourth of July or even just other family get-togethers, can be really painful. Because why? Because of Jesus. But he said he would be the cause of division, so it should be a surprise to us. The surprise is we didn't have to always do this, but we do have to do it now. So what do we do in this, situa- in this situation? What do we do in this cultural context? Well, I think there's at least three things. And The first thing is um, we recognize that I have to acknowledge and accept the, the painful reality that we are divided. I have to acknowledge and accept the painful reality that, no, this is how it is. I don't want it to be this way. I would like for all families who are following Christ, all families who even profess faith or even all families who don't profess faith to be united. But I have to, in this context, acknowledge and accept the fact, the painful reality that we're divided. Number two, I have to know what I can do and what I can't do. I have to know where we are united and I have to acknowledge where we're we're divided. I mean, this is just being smart and this is just being honest to what we believe. Okay, what what can I do? Well, I can continue to love people who disagree with me. I can continue to um, encourage and pray for and live and share life with people who disagree with me. I can even, we're actually called to, love people who consider us the enemy of people around us or the people that we we truly love. What can I do? I can continue to love. I can continue to support. I can continue to share life. I can do that. What can't I do? I have to acknowledge the places where we're divided and while I can um, love someone who experiences same-sex attraction and even love people who enter into uh, same-sex marriage, I can't endorse it or celebrate it. So I have to know what I can do and I have to know what I can't do. Um, The third thing is I have to love and be absolutely committed to rejecting bitterness because this is the thing is once we experience division, yep, we have this acknowledge the painful reality about this and and I know what I can and can't do but the temptation then is like okay this is my camp and that's your camp and now I have a bitterness against anyone who's in another camp because what they're oh they're trying to do this against us or going to do this against me and the, the reality is we'll all be tempted to become bitter. We'll all be tempted to say well that means that they're the problem and they're not the problem. Other people are other people. Other people are made in God's image and likeness, which means other people are meant to be loved as Jesus has loved you and as Jesus has loved me. Like, with everything we've got. And if I'm going to love them, it means I, I cannot afford to become bitter. I cannot afford to become bitter. Christ prohibits you, and he prohibits me from becoming bitter towards anyone from whom we've been divided. Why? Because that's how he loves. Loves without bitterness, even those who would hurt him directly. And, and that's a higher call than probably many of us have ever, ever experienced. So in the midst of a world that's divided, in the midst of families that are divided, in the midst of the brothers and sisters who are divided, what do we do? We acknowledge that division, painful as it is. We recognize and are smart about what we can do and what we can't do. And we reject all bitterness and choose to find ways to love someone, so that if ever, ever they were to come back to us and say, Hey, I need an open door, that they will not find bitterness in your heart or in my heart, but they'll find an open door and they'll find the face of Jesus even amongst those people who they might consider an enemy. If you're considered someone's enemy, can you still be the face of Jesus for them? I believe you can, and Jesus has told us that we have to be. So, in a world that's broken, with our broken hearts, we ask for the Lord's grace to heal us, to accept and acknowledge the painful reality, to know what we can and can't do, but to reject bitterness so we can love. That's our call, that's our commission, from all of us here at Presents, my name is Father Mike. God bless.